I'm Jodie Shield. I'm a success coach, self-improvement author, presenter, and founder of Tribe Tonic Membership. Tribe Tonics for wellness warriors who are ready to shift the limitations, show up, and achieve the impossible. Each month, Tribe Tonic gives you a video training series and the tools that you need to help you be fiercely confident. The doors for enrollment are open now for a short time only. So go to tribetonicmembership.com to take a tour. This is my new podcast series called She's Electric. And I'm meeting some incredibly powerful and trailblazing female leaders. You'll hear everything from career milestones to the worst problems that they've faced in their road for success. The aim is to empower you to feel like there's nothing that you can't overcome in your life. In this episode, I'm blessed to be chatting to Christina Carlson, who's one of the most powerful female entrepreneurs that I know. She inspires me to dream bigger and bolder than ever, and I absolutely love her. If you don't know Christina, she's founder and creative director of Kiki K, a global Swedish design and stationery business with 102 stores, stocked in another 250 and sold online to stationery and design lovers in over 147 countries worldwide. Kiki K touches around 20 million people a year worldwide, spreading positive, inspiring and uplifting messages. She's also a sought-after inspirational speaker, a passionate learner, self-improver, and the proud mother of two children, Axel and Tiffany, with her partner, Paul. So I hope you enjoy the next half an hour or so, and if you do, then subscribe, rate, and comment in the relevant section of your podcast app. And also remember to check out the show notes and learn more about me on my website, jodyshield.co.uk. You can also follow me on Instagram, at jodyshield. This podcast will give you an inside peek at what it's really like to be a powerful woman in today's world, what your favorite influencers and role models do when the cameras are off. So have a listen, get inspired and be electric. So let's um, go into a bit of your story then. Yeah. So you mentioned that you're a farm girl. Yeah. Because so. <laughs> a lot of our listeners won't have heard of you actually, yep. which is amazing. Um, can you explain a little bit about your story, where you came from, and all of that? Yep. So I grew up um, in Sweden um, on a farm. <clears throat> really lovely childhood, um, you know, surrounding nature and and um, lovely parents and three siblings. Um, the only thing that I felt was missing in my life was traveling. So that was a big dream as a kid. Um, to, to be able to travel because we were farmers and um, so there was no time um, to travel because it's a 24 hour 24 7 um, work being a farm person so um, uh, when I um, and I also wanted to see the world like because I didn't get to travel I want to kind of get out a bit so I started work really early I um, my first job was in a little supermarket a corner shop and where I just learned and then I was working for a um, Actually, for a pizza, when pizza became trendy in Sweden, I worked for the for the pizza place in in my little town, and uh, I learned so much. I was an entrepreneur guy there who who was quite a really hard um, in terms of he just he just said how it was. He was really straight, and a lot that really some people couldn't handle that, but it really worked for me. So I was really inspired um, um, by learning from him and taking on responsibilities. I worked every single weekend 
you know, until I was like 19. I think I asked for like one Friday off and um, he was like, are you not well? <laughs> I always, always work. But I loved it. And I really, you know, I did it because I absolutely loved it. I, you know, I, and I still had fun. You know, I went out after and all those kind of things that you want to do as a, as a teenager, but um, loved it. And then I um, traveled the world. I was a tour guide. I, I was doing lots of different things. Spent a year in America. I traveled. And I was passionate about languages. And then I was studying um, German in Germany and then I ended up in Austria in a ski resort met Paul my partner and then I was like and then after that I was thinking now it's time to kind of really think about what I was going to do I was a little bit sick of living out of suitcases so I was thinking I'm going to go back to Sweden and then I met Paul and then I thought oh one more year I'll go, I'll go to Australia travel and um, and um, have some fun in Australia and then um, Paul is such a lovely person and Australia is such a lovely <clears throat> place to be so I ended up staying and um, and um, I didn't know what I was going to do, and uh, I did lots of different things, but I was kind of not happy with my um, life. My little brother was um, unwell at the time; he had cancer, and I had to go home a couple of times quite urgently. Uh, he's fine now, but he it, that really made me think: if I'm going to live at this, I and mean, this is before internet, a lot of your listeners wouldn't even understand that that's exi- didn't ex- exist a few years ago. But uh, um, Axel is like, what do you mean? internet didn't exist he doesn't think that's possible but um uh, so it was a really big deal to move to australia and then i decided to um to um well i was winching and complaining a lot to paul and one morning he was he i think he had enough of my my um questions what am i going to do with my life so i woke him up for the fifth time that night saying what am i going to do with my life and he was like why don't we write down what's important to you so this is my first dreaming exercise so i was thinking if i could do anything what what would what would i do so i wrote down that i wanted to drive to work every single day i'm absolutely loving it because i wasn't doing that at the time <clears throat> i want to have a business on my own that was always a dream but i didn't know what that was going to be i wanted to have um a uh, uh, connection with Sweden, being able to go home whenever I wanted to. I wanted to have work with Swedish design. It's a real passion of mine. And then I wanted to make $500 a week. So when I woke up in the morning, I looked at that list and I thought, if I am going to um, start my own business, I have to have a beautiful home office. Interior and environment's really important to me. And um, I went out to buy some products and um, there's so much available now, but back then there wasn't. So um, I... Um, I just thought this is boring and I was kind of getting a bit down and I thought this is exciting. So I turned it around, there's always a silver lining in every negative, went home to Pornos and I said, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to open beautiful Swedish design stores in my favorite cities around the world. And he was like, what? Do you understand what that means? <laughs> you know, you're going to sign leases, you're going to employ people, you're going to have to come up with a product range. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And and the, my key message for this is it's really good not to not know what you don't know because if I knew you know, in the next 20 years that what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> I don't know if I could do it. So it's, um, it's really good. And then from there, I, um, I convinced actually to make a, a very long story short for this podcast um, is I convinced Paul to sell his house to open the first store. And that was 2001 when 9-11 in New York just happened. So it was a, it was a very uncertain time for all of us. And starting a business at that time probably wasn't ideal. And um, it was tough financial crisis everywhere and it was just um it's just I was thinking if I can make it now I can make it anywhere kind of thing and um open one store we now have over 100 we sell to 143 countries around the world on the internet which is just mind-blowing for me um and um and that's all exciting <clears throat> but I I feel now um I've achieved so many things in my ter- my business um 
uh, dreams <clears throat> and uh, there's so much still to do I feel like in some ways I feel like we're just getting started but what I love now is that we have really identified what our purpose is which is in, to inspire people to live their best life because that's really was my passion lies I love the design which is one of my first dreams but and we can have that anyway but it's really about the product um, which we do already but it's really just even getting deeper in that and hence the book and um, and um, uh, and it's it's been some amazing to meet people People who are um, are walking in, um, meeting me in stores, and saying um, that that um, our products have changed their life in a in a you know in a in a sometimes in a major way, but also in a small way. And so, because we do things that supports people with you know um, if you're depressed or if you're going through a really difficult um, place you know, to, to buy a simple journal or to go to one of our workshops where you you meet other people who you, you so you know you're not alone. It's it's so powerful, and I love that we're doing that. And that's really, you know, the dreaming movement. I really, I really think that if we all could um, write down, and you know, my big dream now is to inspire 101 million people, and that is basically just, I mean, that is just a lovely round number. Um, but I just really want to, I really want to make it big. I really wanted to, to inspire people because I meet way too many people who cannot forget that that they can choose their life and that we're here for a short time. Even if we get to live a long life, life is short and, um, and why not living? And I, I meet, I meet um, so many people, especially educated people, which is kind of, you would think it's the opposite, but those people who have the best degrees and the best jobs are feeling stuck. And uh, it's often because, and you can probably relate to this <laughs> very well because they, you know, they, they either climbed the ladder or studied for eight years or whatever, and then they make good money and, um, and they feel like they're letting people down in their, if they have parents that maybe supported them along the way or letting themselves down. But um, to really step out and think, what what would I do if I couldn't fail? And really think about that. So I'm very excited about, uh, you know, my past has been fantastic and I loved every single moment, even the challenges. Um, um, I had so many of those, um, but I love what we're on now. And I feel like we're getting started in that movement, which is really exciting. Goosebumps. (laughs) When we met last year and we had a a lovely juice and um, lunch in Ella's Cafe, um, we were talking about you beginning this journey and we talked about you stepping into your power as the face of Kiki K, the brand. Yes, yes, yes. Do you remember? Yes, I do. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, what's your journey been like in terms of really owning who you are, yeah. owning your power? Yeah, that's a really, yeah, I kind of forgot that we spoke about that. So, so um um it's been a real challenge for me because in the beginning I was fine with it because I I um you know we entered awards um um to kind of be reckoned because when you start a brand um it's very different today because you have social media but back then I didn't have social media to really be a, a recognized brand when you start from scratch it's really hard and you have to do a lot of things that you probably wouldn't do if you if you could choose. So we entered a war, we won lots of awards. You know, I was a young woman at the time um, starting and uh, there was a lot of interest in that. So I got a lot of um, lot of um, publicity because of that and winning awards and, and um, really putting myself out there. I was kind of fine of that because it was the, the business side and it was kind of, I felt fine um, in that side. But um, the social media side, because, I, you know, I only started my Instagram um so this year or last year, um, 
but I it's and you know a lot of my friends is like you should really because I have an Instagram account because I I, I I use that as a visual diary because I travel so much I always take photos from anything what I'm doing to what I'm eating and I love that um, but I didn't want to answer questions because I feel like I don't want to spend a lot of time on my social media and I didn't first when Instagram came and I started it I didn't have it as private because I didn't understand that you could choose but after a few days I you know someone comment are your eggs organic and I'm like yes but I'm actually not gonna answer those kind of questions and so I just closed it and then all my friends said you are really living the Kiki K way you should open it up so people can see and um I said, no, I'm not going to do that because I, I, it was more of a time thing. And also I feel like I want to don't, I don't want to think about what I post um, because I want to just do whatever I, whatever comes to my heart. And, um, and then I opened one and um, uh, I'm fine with it now because I, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about it, you know, asking you um, and, uh, and it's funny because I kind of almost forgot that, that that was an issue. Now I feel fine with it. Um, there are some, you know, I, I, um, I haven't had many any many issues um, um, because you know you, there are some negative people out there, and I actually I've chosen that I don't want to spend any time with people who have the bad energy or or have bad energy or or are. Um, I just want to be inspired, and I just want to go to my next level the whole time. So so with social media, that you cannot always choose that. But um, I have a you know touch wood. I'll touch my head. <laughs> There's some wood here. I haven't had any issues so far. You, you know, some some um, challenges, things, but not nothing major. And um, and I just want to, I just want to remain that. And uh, but I think if you're true to yourself and you know, you know, um, um, what you stand for, then you can only really do that. And that's why I feel also really good about. I could talk for hours about dreaming because it's something that I really do and I love and it has really made a difference in my life. And I think when you when you are really talking about things that that you are feeling good about and it's your thing and it's authentic from you, I think that makes all the difference. I actually got interviewed yesterday by a, a retail publication. Um, um, I can't even think. Yeah, doesn't matter which country, but it was it was not here. Um, it was not in London. I mean, I did it here, but I, it was a not a UK uh, publication. Um, and she was, and I normally don't do retail because retail is not really my speciality. I just happen to be in it, and um, it's not really what I, you know, we have a CEO now. It's not really my strength anymore. And um, she was saying, how how can you give advice or tips to other people to create a movement like you have? And I'm like, I don't, you, it has to come within, come from within. Like you can't just be a retailer and say, oh, let's do this and then we'll do it. Unless you do it as a campaign and you feel good about it for the time. But I think if you really want to create a movement, it's about what, it's, it's what authentically is you and that you can spread with something that you can talk about forever and you really live and breathe it. I think um, that was a very long answer again. I think that's perfect and what you touched on was just so important and I, I, I feel like so many people start off projects and ideas without being very connected to their why yeah and you know because you're such a great advocate of the why and the story but when you put something out there and there's no anchor to it then yeah. it, it, it won't last it no. won't stick yeah so talk to me about um, the why. Well, we've talked about the why for the book and what you're supporting, and that just sounds amazing. But 
Um, is there anything else that you want to add in terms of your why? Yes, well, so um, another thing, and in terms of the book, because there's a million things we can talk about, we sh- I think we should just um, have a regular chat, you and me. <laughs> um, one of the things, um, so I, I set myself, like, Every year, I want to do something that is different. So I never want to live the same year every year. So obviously, I still have the business and I still, you know, the family is the same. Those kind of things remain the same. But I always want to do something that's a little bit different, um, you know, for myself. So that could be that I, I, you know, go to a new retreat or um, this year I did a year no alcohol, for example. I just finished 12 months no alcohol. Um, I have still haven't had a drink. But, um, but I always try to like to think, what can I do that's a little bit different? It doesn't have to be a big thing, but just something something that is that that is that I'm curious about and um so this year um um I have I set myself that I wanted to create a bestseller and whatever a bestseller is could be defined in so many different ways but for me that was that I put the best work forward and a book that wasn't just like something that didn't really matter but then if I sold a thousand copies or a million copies it didn't really matter to me as long as I I reach people um, um, who I could help, but then I thought, "What can I? What can? Well, I need something else anchored to it." And it was really, I just, I just, it took me a little while to work it out. And then, when I wrote the book, I kept thinking about a few young friends that I have. You know, they're mid twenties. and um, who are just kind of getting started in life in terms of they might have finished their degree or they, you know, one of the girls that I had in mind, she met a boy, she's an Australian girl and she met a boy in Sweden and she said, uh, should I go, shouldn't I go? And I kept those people in mind the whole time. People who are kind of new to personal development and, and really thinking about what they want to do. So I kept those in mind. But then I had my book group on the other hand that I kept in mind and I'm thinking they will never, they will never really get anything from this because these are people who dream every day and dream so big you know in my book group I have an, um, and she's in my book as a as a great story of that anything is possible Elisa Camplin she's in my book group and um, I was thinking you know what can she dream about considering she's already had those amazing dreams but of course we never stop dreaming and sometimes you dream so big like an Olympic gold medal is such a one but then maybe in the next dream is about creating a family that is is a big dream but it's a different dream um so I did so but I, I just couldn't get my head around um um if this book could work for everyone so I one day when my book group came around and they are so powerful and they are just so like when you when they walk out after a day with like a night with them I just feel like I can do anything they're just so amazing and inspiring so when they came in I said hey we're going to do something different today we're going to do an exercise and I just really want to see what you guys come up with and we did the 101 dream exercise and the dreams that they shared was just unbelievable so that's one tip in between you all here is to really share your dreams because you never know um what people um what 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 that means um but um one of the girls in there one of my closest friends Anna Karen she was so inspired by the dreaming so she did that with she's in in an entrepreneurs group and she just said hey this has just been so amazing and it was just so amazing to me to to um to hear that because I knew then I wasn't just creating a book for a certain group this could work for everyone but um, she then sent me a podcast um, in, you know, late at night. I'm like such a, you know, I go to bed really early and <clears throat> she said, you have to listen to this. And when she says that, I was like, I have to listen to this. It's, you know, it wasn't that late, but it was late for me. 
And that's when the circle all came together for me because it was about an incredible lady called Dr. Tara Trent and she's featured in the book. So everyone who's listening and wants to hear more and she's also on my podcast, um, which you will be on soon as well, which is so exciting. But Dr. Tara Trent, she is Oprah Winfrey's all-time favorite guest. Oprah has interviewed 37,000 people. So to be the favorite guest is something very special. And... Um, she was a woman or is a woman who grew up grew up in uh, Zimbabwe in horrible culture where she was married away as 11 year old girl for a cow uh, five kids by 18 and I mean circumstances that we, that we can't even imagine and um, she um, there was an American woman who came into her no education she didn't have any education American woman came into her um, village and she said, what's your dreams? And she couldn't even think about a dream because her life was all about survival, you know, about getting water for the day, no running water in their village and um, and kind of just really, you know, abused by her husband. It was just horrible. And uh, But anyway, this woman persisted. Her name is Jo Lack. She persisted and she said, um, what are your dreams? And in the end, she's like, my dreams is to get it. First, I want to learn to read. I want to get a primary education. And, and then she was prompting her. And in the end, she's like, I really want a... Um, a um, PhD in America and that was a big statement to cut a long very long short uh, very long story short she she took her 20 years she made it happen she went to America I mean she she worked so many jobs she she brought her four kids her abusive um, husband worked and then did this education she didn't have any money she went to the grow her kids had never had fast food before in america and that's all that was the cheapest option and um she went to this veggie shop and she said can i um can i um get all the bad veggies that you're throwing out anyway for free at night and he said well you're going to sue me and she said no i don't have any money i just want to my kids to survive on real food and he said, well, I'm going to do this if you are here within an hour that we're closing. Otherwise, it's going to go in the bin. She was never there because she was working three or four jobs. And she um, p- picked up the, food, the veggies from the bin every night. And I asked her in my podcast, I said, how did you feel about that? You know, you know that for us, that will be a challenge who are, who are so fortunate to have access to amazing food every day. She said, lucky me. She might not have said it this word, but lucky, kind of lucky me that I had a bin to pick up from. A lot of kids out there do not have bins to pick up food from. And it was just such a powerful, powerful message. And when I heard all this, I just felt like that's when my my mission came together because I decided back then. And then, and then she actually, Oprah, I'll just finish it. Oprah heard about her, invited her to the show. And then she said, um, uh, what is your next dreams? And she said, well, my last dream is to, to do something uh, for the betterment for my community so she said I'm going to go back one day and start school so I can help other women not going through what I had to go through and um, Oprah invited her back and she said she gave her 1.5 million dollars to open schools so she now has five schools so when I heard that I was like I am going to donate a US dollar per book sold that's why I'm going to sell a million copies because I want to give her a million dollars. It kind of it's a why it's a reason why we we are now you know I I really want to sell books which before it wouldn't have mattered so much about the amount obviously helping as many people as I can but this really drives us the whole team to to um, to support her and um, and we're gonna we I'm I'm now bringing her um, to um, she, I'm, I'm 
not 100% sure when it's going to be in London, but I think in February to do masterclasses. I'm bringing her to Melbourne and Sydney in October and we're going to do masterclasses and other people in the book are joining as well. So we're just going to really inspire people because I really feel when you listen to her story and she's on episode one and two um, in on my podcast, Your Dream Life, um, when you hear her story, you actually think that your dreams are so achievable. Wow. <laughs> How did do you feel when you first met her in person? I haven't actually met her. I'm meeting her today, first time. Oh. Yeah, she's here now. <laughs> she's here now. So I haven't met her in person. I have Skyped, so I have seen, you know, we have connected, but never in person. So um, she's she's flown in this morning, so she's having a sleep now. And we are doing a little um little thing tonight and on Sunday here in London. It's just a, it's just it's not really a masterclass. It's just um, sharing our stories and inspiring people. It's part of the book launch. <laughs> so I'm really excited. Ah. Yes. <laughs> wow. And um, the most amazing person, like just um, you know, she has her own book as well, and um, just a really lovely person. So we've had so much inspiring wisdom from you so far. Um, just want to touch on one thing um, first. And obviously, you know, you and I both know in our line of work, it's, it's really about focusing on the positive and inspiring people and helping them take action. And yet there are times in our life where things don't go to plan. So can you think of one thing this year that you can share with us um, and just let us in on how you overcame it? Yeah. Oh, there's so many things. Um, um, I want to, I will share something, but, um, one thing, um, I want to share first is often the, um, the challenges are a positive. There is always a positive in every single challenge we have, but there is also a negative on every positive thing. So I really believe that life is 50, 50. And if you can get your head around that, it took me a while and it will take a lot of people a while because they want to be positive all the time. Um, but I really do believe that um, if you see your life as 50-50, so if there's a positive, um, 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 positive uh, experience, there will also be a negative because there might be that you're missing out on something else or whatever. So there is always uh, that positive negative. If you can get yourself around that, then you can deal with the negatives so much better. So there's constantly, you know, there's constantly, you know, we sell out of stock. We, there's so many um, things that are a challenge, but, you know, of course that is positive too, because if we do sell out of stock, it means that it's a really popular product. So, so that's the way I see things. But there are, of course, challenges that are much deeper and much more harder. So my dad passed away this year. Um, so, of course, that is something that, you know, you can't see any positives in that. Like you really have to dig deep. Um, but the way I deal with a lot of things that are, are a bit deeper and are a bit more challenging, but even this short, the, the most that you would think is the most shallow, shallow, you know, shallow um, issues are worth considering getting rid of t on your body. And the way I do that is journaling. So I start the day, most days, not all, all the time, but most days with three pages and it's basically uh, something that I don't keep it's getting out of your body so I I take a notebook that I don't want to save so I uh, write unconsciously uh, for three pages and then I throw it away so I'm often sitting in my Swedish home I sit or even in my other home I sit in front of um, um, a fireplace and I often burn it after and uh, and the reason why I do that is because sometimes my things are so small that if I wrote, you know, it could be that I want to be, 
you know, I want to tidy up a room or something, you know, something that doesn't really matter, you know, in five years' time. But if I read that, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I should get over it myself. But it's important to get, get rid of all the small things that is an issue for you. Or it might be that you are have a challenge with a person or a staff member or whatever it is. Um, and um, and you might not want to get into someone else to read it because you never know if that be, be happening. So I always write three pages, whatever comes to mind. And um, and sometimes I just write three pages on what I'm grateful for. So, you know, we, for dad, for example, there was just lots of that, you know, remembering all the good things and stuff. So there's a positive in, 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 in going through all that and actually taking time to remember things because when someone is unwell for a long time, that's kind of what you see. And then when they pass away, you 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 forget about that era and then you look about all the good stuff so so um that's how I deal with that and obviously spending a lot of time on my own um you know one of my values is silence so um I love I, I'm not really good with a lot of noise I'm, I'm fine with it for a lot for a short time but I really um my best work is in silence my my all my ideas comes from my nature walks um and um in if you're living in a city you can do that in a park or sometimes it's just really to to be alone um that's when you get time to think in my view and not always be connected to the phone because it's so easy you know when you look at commuting people now you see everyone on the phone says so you rarely see someone who's actually just taking in the now and not um and i am um, and that's how i kind of deal with things <laughs> okay lovely what excites you about being a woman right now oh how lucky are we to be born now i just i just i mean i just feel like there is so much potential I see no, I see no glass ceiling. I've never seen that. I don't know, I don't know if I grew up in a in a very um, great culture in Sweden, being feeling equal. But but of course, everyone is not equal there either. But um, I have never had an issue with being a woman and working with men. I I I just feel like there's so much we can do, and I just feel so fortunate that the women before us have done all the work. Um, for us to be able to do what we do today. And I feel like there's no limits. And I know there is a lot of problems. Um, uh, but if you if you are not one of those who have those problems, uh, really embrace uh, today because um, a few years a few years ago, we would not have been able to do what we're doing today. So I feel it's an amazing part. I'm so grateful to be, to be alive right now. Um, we can do anything, which is amazing. So that was Christina, and I know that you'll feel inspired just by listening to her. She's always so generous and open, and hearing her story lets you believe that everything is possible. So start dreaming, and dream big. Your dream life starts here. Hope you enjoyed this episode of She's Electric. Remember to share it with your friends, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'll be back next time with another electric woman. Thank you.